Okay, so hello and welcome to the Arnie X Podcast. This is episode 30, and I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we have a special guest today, Benjamin Levesay from XRX, the company that produces all of the amazing Stitches events, Knitters Magazine, and the XRX books. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. It's great to be here with you. We are very, very happy to have you on the show, and we wanted to thank you for two things. One, for being on the show. We're honored to have you here. Uh And two, a huge thank you for the events known as Stitches, because they are incredible. Well, thank you very much. You know, I just want to add that in I also teach and work at a local yarn store, and so throughout the year, we have knitters who come in and... At some point, Stitches West always comes up, and people talk about saving money for the entire year to attend these events. There's, you know, with the recession and locally, the economy hasn't been very good. I, myself included, I know a lot of people that have been laid off in the past few years, but people really save up for these events. They'll say, I'm saving my birthday money and my Christmas money. And I'm talking about adults here. (laughs) You know, they save up and then they go and then they have their Christmas and their birthday at Stitches West. So it's, it's fabulous. (laughs) You know, I, I hear the same stories and I, I always, you know, it really kind of gets to me. Um, I have such respect for our clientele and, and I'm humbled. Yeah. Because I, I understand that they're making choices about their whole year. They're making choices about whether to go uh, on a cruise or, you know, a show like ours. And, uh, and when they make that choice to come with us, you know, it, it's, it's very humbling and, and very gratifying. I, I have, you know, it, it makes all of us at the company want to make sure we put on a good product for them and, and, and so that they have a good time. I, 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 I can't think those are attendees enough for their support. It's, it's really, again, very humbling. For us. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating to me when I go on the first day or the, even the second, usually it's the first day of the show. Gail and I have walked into the convention center and people will be lined up all the way around the convention center in this huge line and everybody's happy and nobody, excited. Yeah, and amped nobody, and... nobody is grumbling about the line. Knitters who didn't know each other are standing next to really new friends, and they're sharing what they're wearing. They're talking about their sweaters, the yarn, what they're shopping for. Some of them have pull-out projects, and they're knit, working together, working things out. It's just, it's amazing. It's, <laughs> it's an atmosphere I've never experienced in any other locale or an event I've ever attended. It's or just, it's incredible. Other trade shows. Like, exactly. Like Any other I'm, events. I'm a veteran of the Macworld trade shows, and you don't see that kind of camaraderie. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I've also been to uh, a couple of Macworlds myself, and, you know, all those those are those were great shows. It, it is different. Um, it's, it's very no one, different. No one is ever alone at Stitches. Even if you come there not knowing anybody, uh, there's just an instant it's <laughs> it's there are no boundaries and I, I mean that in a good way you know you walk yeah, through a absolutely. trade show yeah. and people don't make eye contact or right. you know they, they may nod if if you you know you, you're wearing a badge with a company that they like or something like that 
at stitches, you just walk right up to people and start talking to them. Everybody does that. And they go one step further. They, without asking, they start petting you because they want to touch what you're wearing, too. Uh, there are no boundaries at all. I, I, and I, I like that. Yes. I, in, in, in an overtly PC world, I like that a lot. Yes. That's good because I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to say to anyone who's listening right now, if you are by yourself and you're intimidated in any way about going by yourself, I don't like going places by myself, generally speaking, but Stitches is a whole different animal. You, Like you said, you're never alone. You're never in alone. An atmosphere of pure happiness and joy and Anyone will talk to you and don't hesitate to approach someone because no one's snarling. No one is grumpy. Mm -hmm. No one has woken up on the wrong side of the bed that day <laughs> in that building. So from the vendors to the staff to the attendees, it's just a, it's a really, really fun experience. Mm -hmm. I, I, I agree. And, and, you know, one of the things I would like to extend about that if for any new people that are, are coming is, I think one of the things that they, that new people don't know that it's okay to do is if you've got a favorite knitting hero, you know, that's a teacher or a celebrity that's there, you can walk up and talk to them too. I mean, you can talk to anybody. I mean, it's, we're just, we're just all folks and we're, when we're here to interact with you, I, I can't tell you the number of times where I've gotten the, the email after I didn't talk to somebody in an elevator. I was too shy to talk to you in the elevator, which is like, Oh, for goodness sakes, just say hello, you know? <laughs> right. We're all pretty approachable here, you know? Um, and, and, you know, I can't speak for every teacher, but I, I can't, I can't right away think of a teacher that wouldn't love to have somebody come up to him and say, hi, I'm so-and-so, and I just wanted to meet you. Right. Right. Yeah. So if, if the shy people listening can overcome that yes. internal yes. shyness, you will be rewarded for it. Yes. And just like there's no there's no crying in baseball, there's no shyness at stitches. That's right. And I also wanted to thank you for saying so eloquently how much you support and love the event because it clearly communicates that XRX is a family business. You are not putting these events out there in a mass marketing sense where you just do the details and walk away. I mean, you guys really care to make this something that's a success for everyone who walks through the doors. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah. I mean, to the short answer is, yeah. The long answer is, you know, uh, my uncle Alexis Zanakis and uh, my dad, David Zanakis, my partner, Elaine Rowley, started these things 23 years ago because they, they knew that there was a need for that kind of, carnival atmosphere, that kind of interactive inspiration. And they really started putting on shows that they would want to go to. Um, there's, we don't miss these shows. I mean, uh, my dad's retired now, so he doesn't go to all the shows, but uh, Elaine, Alexi and I, we go to these shows and we look forward to these shows. And, um, you know, I, I'm already into that nervous butterfly stomach thing that I do just prior to a show. Uh, they never get old and they're never routine for me. They're always kind of a, a, a rush you could say. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to it all, all, all year long. And, and yeah, it is kind of a family thing. Um, we're, you know, we're not like a normal company. We're a little strange sometimes. I think I've told you guys that before, but we're, we're okay with that. Um, it, it's just kind of who we are and what we do. And, we don't always do everything right, but we do actually care. See, and I'm so pleased to hear you I say am that. Too. 
it just as a knitter or as a fiber arts lover. And the other thing that we wanted to say is that we think of you as one of our heroes, you and everyone at XRX <laughs> and every indie doctor and every teacher and every yarn fiber person who has turned it into a career. The thought that you could turn your craft that you love into a career just puts you on my hero list. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and here, I, I mean, I was fortunate enough to to step into a very well uh, done business seven years ago when my dad retired. Um, and, uh, you know, I won't say that I've, I've been awful at doing it, but they, they, you know, they, they spent a lot of years, you know, working on this and, and making it, you know, a viable thing. And so, um, yeah, the, you know, this industry is, it's not, I would say that this industry is not the most lucrative world in the world, lucrative industry in the world, but it certainly is one of the most rewarding industries in the world to work in. Um, people are just nicer, you know, they, they really do kind of want to do the right things for the right reasons. And I see that all the way up and down, you know, from the person who buys the magazine all the way up to the, you know, the best designer in the world and the yarn companies that support them. So yeah, even on a bad day, it's still better than most day, but most good days are in other kinds of industries. Isn't that true? I mean, I say that on a regular basis, how I feel that our fiber arts community is so big hearted and so generous and so yeah. loving. And we end every one of our podcasts with thank you for spending an hour of your time with us because it's an honor to be part of this community and to hear you so supportive of it. It just makes me smile. I'm it so, does. Yeah. I love knitters. I, I know. love fiber people. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for the stitches events and the magazines and the books. So some of the normal segments that we have in our normal podcast, we were hoping we could ask you those same questions. So I, I'm, I've, I've been, I've been ready for it, slightly dreading it, but I'm ready. for it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't dread it. We're not scary. <laughs> No, I just have embarrassing answers, but I'm going to be honest with you about them. So. All right. Well, one of them is, what are you knitting? So, Gail, do you want to talk about what you're knitting? Well, I'm still knitting frantically my orange for our self-indulgent knit-along. I'm finished with the lower part of the body and the sleeves, thank goodness, and ready to join for the yoke tonight. Yay! So that's very exciting. <laughs> so what are you knitting, Charlene? I am also working on our entry into the self-indulgent knit-along, which is my tangled yoke cardigan, which I have been wanting to knit since the pattern came out, I believe about six or seven years ago. <laughs> and I am in about the same spot as Gail. I'm joining the sleeves to the body. It's a bottom-up cardigan. So I knit my body back and forth. I knit my sleeve separately and I'm going to make that difficult transition row of joining it all together. <laughs> yeah, that's tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't like that. Exactly. Part, so that's mostly what I am knitting. What about you, Benjamin? What are you knitting? <sighs> okay, so I, I need to confess something. Um, and and I, I've had a breakup. Uh, <laughs> The the ongoing saga of the Doctor Who scarf is just too painful for me to get into. Those of you who follow me online, you know, are snickering now, and I know you're snickering. Just it's fine, you know. I have this coming, but I, I've just had to like give it up. It it is, 
at the same time infuriating and just too easy at the same time. And I, I don't give it enough respect to do it well, and then I don't do it well, and then I end up ripping out. So I've just decided not to do this. So what am I knitting on right now? Well, okay. If you're considering casting onto a hat of a kit you've got that you've had for three years, is that considered? No, I probably don't. Do so, <laughs> I, I actually did pull it out of the kit, though. I, I bought a hat pattern from um, Alan McGraw a couple of years ago at Stitches West with the intention of knitting it for my dear daughter, Samantha. I pulled it out the other day, realized I didn't have the right needles for it at home, uh, and then have since forgotten to go pick them up at work. But it is sitting here on my desk. So I, I think it kind of counts as me starting something. But Absolutely. Really. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, 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 and the one thing that I would, I would say is, you know, just to give me a break is I am on the computer a lot. Um, and I have made a commitment to really work on crochet at the show. So I am going to have, get, see if I can't convince Drew and Borski to give me a private lesson and I'm going to work on a hat thing that he wants me to try. So, um, with luck, you will see me working at the show on crochet because I'm kind of enamored with what I've seen on with crochet lately online. See, and I'm so thrilled to hear that because our listeners know from our last episode where I was talking about really wanting to crochet a cowl, hearing you say that just makes me decide that I'm going to cast on for that cowl before stitches because I think I've also decided to take a class at stitches that will be my first class other than at a local yarn store. I've never taken a real class. So I'm going to enroll in the Getting Started with Japanese Crochet class with Gail Rome, and I'm really excited. She's she's a fantastic teacher. You are, you know, you're going to walk out of the class and your mind is going to be blown. You know, you're just going to want to go, you know, yeah. Yeah, you're going to be in, you're going to have it bad after that. Yep. Oh, See, great. I'm really happy because I bought a book over two years ago that is a Japanese crochet motif book because I have this long-standing fantasy of crocheting a scarf out of my scraps that's beautiful little flower motifs and I cracked open that book and was so intimidated I closed it and haven't <laughs> opened it since so this class is perfect for what I want to do perfect. right right you know I've seen those books as well and those motifs and those those uh, they scare me they do they just seem like such a lot of I mean, and I, I, I always consider myself a klutzy knitter. Maybe I'll be a, a fine crocheter, but I always consider myself a klutzy knitter. So I always think that that kind of fine work is beyond me. But mm. Well, but the joy of that is I could do it in a bigger, thicker yarn with a yeah, big good. needle if I wanted to, because yep. most of my scraps are sport weight. Yeah. So yeah. this is, like I said, this is a longstanding fantasy, crochet fantasy. So I've put a lot of thought into this. And I <laughs> good for you. And I will not. I will not dash your fantasies. I, I'll just be envious of them. Okay. Well, as long as she can teach me how to read those patterns, which are, yeah. of course, in Japanese, the symbols are universal, right? But they have the graphs. They yeah. do. So yeah. it's a little different than a crochet pattern that I would typically use here in the a states. Out right. Well, but you know, whether it's crochet or knitting, you know, people in this country are a little bit. And I don't, I'm not trying to pick at anybody because I know people have their comfort and I know that they're not necessarily knitting and crocheting to, you know, stretch themselves out. But that as a format, having charts and graphs really is such a better way of dealing with things than, you know, the in other words that last for 30 pages. They really are. Yeah. Um, it, I think it behooves everybody to move in that direction. 
from a publishing standpoint all the way through. I really do. Um, and I, I think it gives you better control. Um, anyway, my personal opinion, I'm sure I've just offended tons of your listeners. So, uh, <laughs> Oh, I don't think our listeners are easily offended. <laughs> okay. No, and it, it, it speaks to the international ability or the ability of charts to speak internationally. I, people that's exactly right. When I started seeing some of these uh, Japanese books uh, a couple of years ago, I thought, yeah, this is, and you know, editorial department again, thought the same thing. Yeah. This is really the way you got to move forward on this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because then one graph, one chart, you proofread that, you know, it's right rather than, uh, localizing your pattern for everywhere right. you're publishing, opening I, to potential. I think for me, the reason it made, speaks to me so well is I, you know, when I was a kid in the yarn store, I was primarily a weaver, and you don't you don't ever have it in other words for weaving. You have a drawdown and you have a chart. I mean, that's oh. all it is, and so it just seems to make more sense to me. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now you've alluded a couple times, Benjamin, to the family business, and I've read about it online. But can you give? A little background to our listeners who may not know the awesome story of XRX. <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, before we were XRX, we were the Golden Fleece. And the Golden Fleece was a yarn store in downtown uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, from there, and it was run by my dad, my uncle, and their business partner, Elaine. Um, you know, and it's been around since I was, you know, five years old. So I kind of grew up in that. Uh, environment. Uh, I remember us having, you know, Christmas in July things because that's a marketing thing that yarn right. stores a lot. <laughs> the first TNA I ever went to, and, and for those of you who don't know, TNA is the National Needleworks Association. It's where yarn stores go to buy from from suppliers. The first time I ever went there was not as somebody selling something, but uh, with the company buying uh, for the yarn stores. Um, Anyway, we, we did it all. We had uh, knitting, we had crochet, we had weaving, we had hardunger, we had bobbin lace, we had tatting, you name it. Um, I, I even remember as a kid teaching a class on how to weave shoelaces. Um, oh, I know. Oh, that is neat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we did lots of that stuff. Um, you know, my dad was primarily a, a weaver and he used to uh, weave and write for other magazines. And um, along the way, uh, it kind of got to the point when I was in high school, uh, I was working as an apprentice for him, working on the weekends, not when I wasn't in school. And there was some dispute about something that happened with a pattern of his in another magazine. And we were sitting at a pizza hut and my uncle said, well, let's start our own magazine. I mean, how hard could it be? Those are the you know, <laughs> faithful words. I remember it. I remember <laughs> it. And, uh, you know, like most things, I, I, I'm kind of glad we didn't know how hard it was going to be because we would never have done it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the first magazine we had was a, a magazine called The Prairie Wool Companion. Um, and it was a mixture of weaving, crochet, knitting, you name it. And it, it quickly branched off into two other magazines. One was called Knitter's Magazine and one was called Weaver's Magazines and they were quarterly. Um, the knitting magazine, of course, really, you know, caught fire a lot faster than the weaving magazine. Then along the way, it was books, um, and eventually we had to shut the yarn store down because we didn't have any more time to run the yarn store, which was very sad. Yeah, that seems sad. It, it was. It was very sad. Um, after the, the, the publications, um, then there was this idea they had about a consumer show, and our very first consumer show was out in uh, – it was on a racetrack in New Jersey. 
intense. Um, it was not pleasant as I understand, but wow. uh, it, it's the way it started. And that was, we used to have one a year and now we have four a year. Um, and, uh, it, it just kind of rolled that way. Uh, one thing builds on another, right. And, uh, you know, along the way we met wonderful people, wonderful designers, other publications that have joined us. Um, I, I, the, the story is pretty long, but yeah, again, we started as a yarn store is, is the way it started and it's, it's moved from there. I think we all regret, you know, leaving the yarn store some days because it was a lot simpler. <laughs> well, I bet you, you have a lot of people in Sioux Falls who are very sad that the Goldman Fleece closed. It's been so many years. I think that the, many of them probably don't remember. I mean, it, it closed when I was, yeah, I mean, it closed, I think when I was, when I just went away, you know, probably before I went away to college. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, I'm 44 now. So that was, a you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> You're the same age as I. We have, we have a couple of nice yarn stores here in town that we do frequent. So. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I love the fact that it has been a family business and you're now second generation in the family business. And you mentioned, I've heard on other podcasts and blogs and such, that your entire family knits, don't they? Uh, not, my, not my entire family. My youngest, Gabriel, uh, who's 12, doesn't knit. Um, but the rest of them do. My wife, uh, my, my, my daughter, Samantha, and my son, Christopher, knit. Yeah. Um, and probably the, the more diehard one of them is my son, Christopher. He's, you know, he's actually loves knitting. He, he's the one that when I take him to stitch, I take the whole family to stitches Midwest in sh- Chicago, and he's the one that'll take classes. Nice. That's so impressive. And he's 14, you said? He's 16. Oh, 16. Okay. Okay. Well, there's still hope that you can convince your 12-year-old Gabriel to start knitting. Oh, it'll happen eventually. There we go. (laughs) There we go. I mean, it's, you're just surrounded by people, you know, you know, if if Rick is around him or somebody else is around, I mean, he's going to get, I mean, I mean, you, even for non-knitters, if if you go to enough stitches shows, you feel the need to put something in your hands. I mean, it's, you know, give it a try. Exactly. (laughs) Just to feel the, I mean, you know, we, you know, we're pushers is what we are. (laughs) Pushers slash enablers. That's right. Now, how, so you said there are four stitches shows every year and where are those stitches shows? Well, of course, the one we have uh, at Stitches West um, is uh, not not. It'll be uh, next week. I'm not sure when this is airing. So yeah, we're going to push this out soon. So the okay. dates of that are going to be February 21st through the 24th, right? Right. So that's upcoming next week, and that's at the Santa Clara Convention that's a, Center. In Santa Clara, and that's our local Stitches West. It's local, local to, to us. Local to myself and Gail. And so we will be attending Stitches West, but there are also three other shows across the country for those of you who are not local. Yes, that's where, correct. Where are those? Well, and, and so if you're not local, but you want to get to one that's easy to get to by not being local, it's probably the next one, which is in Atlanta, Georgia, from April 11th through the 14th. The nice thing about Atlanta is it's it's easy and cheap to fly in from everywhere. And that's usually the one where if we're going to get people from, you know, South Africa or China, that's the one that's easy. I mean, it's a nice international destination if you're going to come. Wow. Oh, wow. So for all you overseas people that are listening to the Yarniacs, that's the, you know, get, get your plane reservations, get into Atlanta. And that's April 11th through the 14th. And then after that, we take a little bit of a hiatus, and and the next one will be uh, Stitches Midwest in Schaumburg, Illinois, which is outside of Chicago from 
August 8th through the 11th. Probably our prettiest show um, in the sense that the hotel and the convention center are really, really snazzy. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) And then we end up the season in early November in Hartford, Connecticut, November 7th through the 10th at Stitches East. Okay. And a little background for people who aren't familiar with the Santa Clara area. It is the Silicon Valley, but Mm -hmm. it's also... Less than an hour away from Santa Cruz, about an hour and a half at the most from Monterey and Carmel. In the other direction, it's less than an hour from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So if you, for a show, you said that you take your family to one of the shows. This one in terms of general family activities and tourist destinations and events Lots is a real, do. yeah, it's a, <laughs> this area is very rich in Cool stuff to do. So absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one of the one of the things that that it's always troubling to me is I never get out there with enough time. And during the show, it's impossible for me to leave the hotel convention center complex. Right. There's just too much going on. Um, you know, I'm going to go out Monday so that I can mess around a little bit. I'm going to go see you know some folks at at Pearlescence and you know some things like that. But uh, yeah, I I there's never enough time to do all the cool stuff there is in in that section of Northern California. There just isn't. Yeah, and it's kind of sad to me if people are flying into the San Jose International Airport and driving directly to the Santa Clara Convention Center. It's a 10-minute drive unless there's traffic. You are seeing a very ugly part (laughs) of this area. Of the Bay Area. Yeah, and if you were to drive 15 minutes in the other direction, you'd be in the little village of Los Gatos that has an awesome yarn store. Oh, it's a gorgeous little town, too. That whole downtown area is beautiful. Exactly, and you're right in the trees already. And just if you ever come to Stitches and you have an extra half day, explore a little bit. Don't let that area make you think that's what California is. That's what I'm saying. Do something fun and take your knitting out and, uh, you know, knit a few rows at the corner of one infinite loop and one infinite loop. (laughs) That's always a cool thing. I I did that. I I went out to the the intersection of one infinite loop and one infinite loop because I had to. I'd never been to that before. Uh. It's Cupertino, which is a really short drive. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And weather-wise, right now, it's really very moderate, sunny and warm. In the past, it has been a very rainy week at Stitches. And, in fact, I, having driven what we call, what the locals call driving over the hill to get from Santa Cruz to the San Jose area, we call it driving over the hill. And I have had many stitches weekends where there has been snow on the ground right going over that highway and it usually only happens once a year and historically i think it has happened two or three times on stitches weekend right yeah and i was i was actually going to speak to you about that um can you can you do something about that for us that's really inconvenient. Well, right now this it is sunny and nice and I believe that next Thursday... Don't say it. You'll just jinx us. There might be some rain, but it doesn't look to be cold. No. Yeah. I think you're going to have a glorious weather week. Yeah. Good. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. If this week is any indication, if we can hang on to the weather from this week, it's really moderate, very nice. We had the windows open here this morning. Yeah. It was very nice. It's funny <laughs> because I'm sitting here in a skirt and a short-sleeved 
cardigan. Charlene, on the other hand, is wearing long pants, a long sleeve <laughs> shirt, a puffy vest, and her big fuzzy cowl. So I look like I'm dressed almost for the beach. She looks like she's dressed for the snow. It's kind of funny. Okay, so thank you for the overview of the family business and no immediate families knitting. I think that's so that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my daughter, my 13-year-old daughter, goes through knitting phases where she will crank out small hats and things like that in an afternoon, and then she won't touch yarn for another as, six months. As does my son. He has yeah. a scarf that he's taken out for a couple of summers now, only worked on a little bit during the summer, and then when school starts, the scarf goes back into the bag. So we'll see if he ever finishes it. <laughs> in our house, we go through elephant knitting binges, um, where everybody in the house is either knitting or sewing up knitted elephants for um, – our friends down in Kentucky, we know elephants remember Joplin, C.C. Creech and her mom, Belinda. And uh, right now we're in a lull. There's no elephants. <laughs> oh, no, I think there is one elephant that's cast on in the house. That's Cute. <laughs> I've knit elephants and crocheted elephants. They are a favorite of my children, too. Yeah. Yep, they're fun. Yep. So another one of our normal segments and questions is, what are you stocking? So is there any knit trend you're stalking or designer or something XRX as a company is stalking something like that you can share with us well I can try let's let's start with me first I'm I'm actually you know I'm 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 not on message with the company um, <laughs> in the sense that I I really am kind of stalking crochet at the moment ah I, I am I I I've been enamored with that but I've been seeing online and and it's and I blame Kristen Omdahl I really do. Um, <laughs> it's all her fault. It is all her fault. She's she puts this great stuff up online, and she's in my feed, and I and I find myself drawn to it. Um, you know, and then of course I get started getting curious, and I, I click around to to Drew's stuff or or to Marley's stuff, and yeah, I'm so I'm personally stocking crochet right now. I have a feeling I'm, I'm going to have some kind of you know mad little affair with crochet for a while. I, I think that's that's gonna happen. Um and, and I'm okay with that. You know, we don't need our obsession. <laughs> yeah, you're not uh, not a um, a one fiber arts kind of guy. I you know I think it's really unfortunate if people limit themselves to one fiber art. I think okay. that creativity and learning and exploring are something that that should be a kind of a journey and you, you know, and eventually the, the destination kind of fades away, you know, um, it, it's more important, you know, how it makes you feel and what you do. I mean, some of the most beautiful pieces I've ever seen are done by people like Myra Wood and they're part crochet and part knit. Yeah. And, and yes, can you do it all crochet or all, all knit? Yeah. But, but why? Yeah. And you can't tell me that a good knitter can't learn to crochet and vice versa. You know, so why would you do that? I mean, why would you limit yourself? I mean, I hear the the knitting versus crochet thing all the time, and I understand that there probably is some historical context for it. But I, I'm kind of of the opinion, oh, please, you know, you can choose to be that that person, or you can choose to you know not be that person and, and just enjoy it. And uh, you know, I personally would love you know to see more garments done with knitting, crochet, weaving. You know, heck, latch hook if it looks good. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's the, the, the sort of multi 
media discipline and, and putting garments together is beautiful. I mean, and we've always seen it. You know, people will do a blanket knitted and do a nice crocheted edge around it. And somehow that's not mixed media. Because yes. a crochet edge is allowed, right? I, I, yeah, I don't understand some of this. It's just, yeah. So, no, I, I don't consider myself bound by that. No. Good. We're, the, we're of the same mind. Yeah. I don't think, well, you've cro- you crocheted your scrubbies recently. I crochet scrubbies. So, yeah. I make... When I do little animals, I prefer to crochet mm-hmm. the animals. And if I am doing animals free form or if I'm just making something up, I actually prefer to crochet it. Instead of knit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's because when I was a kid, when I was very little, I would make clothes for stuffed animals and I would just crochet. And I wasn't old enough to know about patterns or even old enough to follow a pattern, but I knew how to shape the fabric to make it fit my stuffed animals. So <laughs> that's cute. I crocheted. <laughs> I can picture you as a little girl <laughs> making those. That's so funny. So, uh, so as far as XRX, what is XRX stocking? Um, you know, I'm probably not the best person to ask for that because Rick and Elaine, who you know, and Karen, who formed the heart of our editorial team, have the things that they're interested in pursuing. Uh, they're always working on something. Um, so yeah, I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna comment for them. Okay. I think I'll walk back on that. Yeah. Well, but one question I do have about Knitters Magazine. So you said mm-hmm. that it kind of had its genesis in a Pizza Hut. So yeah. how long have you been publishing the quarterly Knitters Magazine? Okay. Uh, well, the, the the first magazine I published was actually the Prairie Wool Companion, and it morphed into two other magazines. But okay. Knitters Magazine is on issue K110, uh, if that tells you anything. So it's 27 years now. Wow, okay. that's great longevity for a magazine. Very yeah, when we, when we came out with K100, you know, that was a big deal for us, and it was a double issue. There were actually 50 patterns in it, plus a retrospective on our company and how it all started, you know, interviews with all of us and, and interviews with people that were with us. The interesting thing about that, just in case your readers are interested, the digital version of K100 is actually a free download for anybody that wants it with the story and all 50 patterns. Oh, oh nice. I did not know that either. I'm gonna. I didn't realize that there were interviews with you in that issue. Yep. So yeah, good if you go to knituniverse.com forward slash zinio, um, you'll find that uh, that there's a link there, so you can go get your own digital version of K100. Okay. Excellent. And Thank you. For our listeners, we'll look that link up and try to put a link in our show, show notes, notes right. to that. And in fact, I. I have a black and bright pink K100 T-shirt in my closet. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was kind <laughs> of K100 repeat from repeat from source. I, yes. repeat, yeah. yeah, I love that T-shirt. <laughs> it's like secret code because people look at it and they look. They don't get it, right? Yeah. It, at first, people usually think it's something to do with computers or code, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then I'll explain. Well, no, it's knitting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was that was Elaine's idea for the shirt. And oh, well, I love that shirt. Yeah. I absolutely love that shirt. <laughs> that was a big deal from us. You know, the 100th issue was, you know, that's a big milestone for us, you know. And now we're 10 issues past that. Um, and, uh, you know, looking forward to issue 200. Yeah. I really appreciate in Knitters Magazine that they're thematic. Like the last one was skirts and a couple tunics. And then before that, it was coats. I mean, I like that you can pick that magazine up and generally you're going to have a set of patterns that follow a general theme. I just like that as opposed to, 
I mean, it's nice to have a magazine that has various patterns as well, but if you're really, especially in the mood, I went through a skirt phase. I would have loved to have that issue available when I was going through my skirt phase. So, right. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I, Rick and Elaine do a really good job of that. Um, they get with the idea, and they and they wanted to do those two, the, the, especially the last two you mentioned, the jacket one and the skirt one, because between those two, there's actually matching outfits. You know, a jacket that matches the skirt in the next issue. Um, oh, very clever. And what they wanted to do is to say, okay, here's some fitting things that have to do with all jackets, and here's a whole bunch of jackets that you can apply these things to. Um, and same with skirts. Okay, here's, you know, here's the, the pencil skirt, there's, and here's some things that we want to do. It allows them to explore ideas with shape and technique that are, are very inclusive uh, and, 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 you know, very educational. One of the things that we take a lot of pride in is that in any Knitter's Magazine, there is every stitch, stitch you need, anything you need to finish any garment within the issue. So if you open it up, you're never going to be directed somewhere else to learn something, to do something in our issue. It'll either be right. in, as a light lesson in the article itself or it'll be in the school. That's, That's nice. very good to hear. I yeah. didn't realize that. Yep. It's funny you said that those two issues actually have pieces that go together as an outfit because about two years ago, my mother-in-law and her sister pulled out knit suits that their mother knit, you know, probably 50 years ago. And they wanted me to have them because I'm a knitter. (laughs) And I didn't want to take these family treasures because one, I'm not going to wear them, but two, they're a family treasure. And I know I am part of the family, but I'm married into it. So it didn't feel like the right thing to do, but it was amazing to look at the fine work she had done to create these suits. It was amazing. Yeah. You, you should get a hold of them and take good care of them because, you know, and, and I honestly think, you know, wear it to stitches. You'll bring it back into style. I, I think I would boil alive if I tried to wear them to stitches. They are, they are definitely something you would want to wear in a colder climate than what we have. Oh. But they were beautiful. Very Lots. fitted. I mean, she did excellent work. Well, I love the whole idea of the family treasures, the knitted pieces. I have a few pieces that were knit by my aunt, my mom's sister, who has since passed away, but she knit for me when I was a baby, and I will always treasure those pieces. Hello. No one is available oh, today. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. It wasn't me, at least. No, it was my home machine decided to pick up. Okay, go ahead. You're oh, I think I finished. I, it's just I always treasure those pieces, and I always will. I love them. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I should get those back to me. But they're going to go in a box. So if someone else in the family will do something else with them, I'd feel better. But at least you can make sure that they're stored properly. That's I know, mm-hmm. but I do know my my mother-in-law's sister is very meticulous about that. So. I know that she will take care of that oh, okay. happening. Okay. So. You know, at, at the very least, you should take a few pictures of it, figure out what That's stitch it is, and put yeah. something up, you know. That's a good idea. I should probably do that or make sure that she is doing so. Yeah. Okay. Now, you mentioned also on the publishing front that you have a book debuting at Stitches as well. We do, yeah. It, we, we, have, uh, we have a new book. Uh, with Laura Bryant, uh, the owner of Prism Yarns. It's called um, Artful Colors, Mindful Knits. And it, it's a book that we've been working on for, with Laura for, I think, three years now. Oh, wow. That's kind of how we do things. We, we tend to work. We, we're only going to put out a, a book or two a year. 
And we tend to, I think the least amount of time I've ever heard that we spent working on a book was two years. And the most time we've ever spent working on a book was seven. Wow. That's impressive. Well, I don't know if it's impressive either that or just don't do our homework very fast. (laughs) But uh, no, it's it's a, it's a very, very good book. Um, You know, Laura is, is telling a story. Um, there, there are garments in it, but more importantly, there's a story. It's a color story. It's, it's how to use, um, self-striping yarns and how you deal with color repeats and how you make a formula so that you can get predictable results. It's, it's, there are a great number of yarns that are merchandised in it, but really for any hand dyer, this is a valuable resource, um, for themselves or for designers that are going to design in their yarns. Nice. Fascinating. I have previously taken a class with Laura at a TNNA trade show where she did a little bit of that and she went over with us how to use some of her prism yarns to create patterns. We made swatches and we measured the pattern color repeats. And that's the important part. And she's really distilled that now into a formula. And yeah. That, yeah, that sounds great because I remember at the time she was doing the class and she had a little brochure and I remember bringing the brochure with me back for some folks in town here to our local yarn store so that they could use the prism yarns and I think a more elaborate resource is definitely going to be appreciated so it sounds like it'll be a good book. Well, it, it is a very good book. We we debuted it at TNNA. Um uh, just a week, two weeks ago, and uh, the, I guess the public debut will be here at uh, the Stitches. Excellent! I look forward to that. I do too. And Laura's yarns are just beautiful. <laughs> they are, yeah, yeah. And you know, it, it, it's it's glorious. The the book is glorious, um, and you know, her work is glorious. It's just it's it's very inspiring. That's nice. Yeah, I look forward to that. Yeah, and I was doing my research before the call today, and I was looking at the XRX website for the books, and I was surprised at first to only see five listed, but now that you've described your process, and earlier you called yourself a or called XRX a salon publisher, the care you you put into each book. Thus, you don't put out a ton of books every year, but the books you put out are very carefully thought through. It's not just that. There's two things. We, we actually do have quite a, a large backlist of them, but we That's switched cool. over our website to a brand new format not so long ago. And those are the only books that we put up there. As we come up with a new book, we throw them up there on the thing. If you go to the store, you'll actually see our complete backlist. We just don't have big gallery pages for all of the older books. Okay. So I knew there were more because Charlene, oh, yes. oh, yeah. Yeah, Charlene has some of them. So yeah, yeah, we, we, uh, you know, as we moved, migrated forward on the website to just make it cleaner and more accessible to people to get rid of, we had all of these ugly flash pages and oh. yeah. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> That's no, no, I mean, anything you can't see on an eye device should not be on. Well, that, that was exactly what I was going to say. Right. And, the and, and so we really had to scrap a yeah. ton of pages because there was really no way to bring it forward. And so what we've concentrated on is, is doing a good job on our galleries for the new and and then making sure that they're well listed in the store for the other things. Yeah, I was fascinated by the Great Northern American Afghan book. Oh my goodness, the different Afghan squares that are in that book are just stunning. The color work, the patterning, the texturing. Oh my gosh, gorgeous stuff. 
The Afghan books are a real phenomenon. Um, there's four of them. There's the Great American Afghan, the Great North American Afghan, the Great American Kids Afghan, and the Great American Aaron Afghan. And uh, yeah, they're uh, they're they're stunning. Yeah. They are. I was just blown away. I Very was thinking, oh, I need too. to make an Afghan now. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the older books that you put out, I was just looking, I think 95 this book was printed, and I brought it with me to show Gail, is Ethnic Socks and Stockings. Yes, that's, I don't, that is not in print anymore even, but I, that I, I believe that is possibly our first book. Oh, really? Ooh, cool. Okay. I think I think it is. Yeah, I actually think it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because my mom originally purchased this copy, and she has since handed it down to me because she's not much of a sock knitter anymore. And I go through sock binges where I'll replenish my sock drawer, and then my sock drawer is full for a couple of years. And so I haven't been knitting socks for the past couple of years because I can't fit any more into my <laughs> sock drawer. So as I start wearing through them, I start to get inspired and start looking at patterns. And I, I actually am stocking some socks recently. And so I picked up this book. And it's, you know, like I said, and you said what was one of your first or possibly your first book. I think it was our first book, yeah. But it's still inspirational. I still pick it up. I look at it and I get ideas and I get excited to knit socks. And so it's just timeless. Timeless. Right. It's still a, a great resource for ideas and inspiration and knitting Eastern socks. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we've got a couple of sock books out. We've got... Uh, uh, the reprint of Anna Zilborg's Magnificent Mittens was Magnificent Mittens oh, and yeah. Socks. Uh-huh. We had, and we've had uh, two books where we've done contests. One is called Socks, 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 and one was called uh, Think Outside the Socks, um, which that was a big contest that we did. I starting remember that. Best. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're fun. They're fun. Mm-hmm. They're, we, have, we don't have a ton of sock books out there, but they just over time, you know, Every publisher collects some sock books. Right. And it's one of those things. I think it, you know, everything has its phases. Socks went through a big phase. Scarves went through a big phase. Yep. And, and it, everything. Cowls yes. are in right now, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I like cowls. So do oh, I. I. I don't wear them. But. <laughs> I love cowls. I absolutely love cowls. I think I, even when it's warm out, I love to wear them with short sleeve. T-shirts. It yeah. Just, I love the feel of having something warm around my neck. So That's I love those. <laughs> and well, keep wearing them. Keep wearing them. We want them to be really in style. Well, you guys set the trend. They are here. Yeah. I remember on New Year's Day, I went to a Santa Cruz Warriors basketball game, and I texted Gail from the game that apparently big mega cows were the gift that everybody got under their tree or for their holiday gift giving this year because every woman in the arena was wearing a big chunky cow. Yeah. <laughs> now we just need to convert them all into knitting or into knitting them themselves or yep. chain them themselves. Absolutely. I don't Absolutely. know. I think in Santa Cruz we have a lot of we knitters. Do. We do. I know you do. Yeah. I watched a woman walking her child to school the other day and a Ravelry project bag was dangling off oh. of her arm and I couldn't just stop the car in the intersection to introduce myself. So I'm, I'm stalking her now at the school. I'm like, okay, I know it's here again sometime. Right, right. Yeah, they're everywhere around here. I love it. Yeah. I, I, does that happen to you often, like out, out in the wild? You, you know, you 
see something that you actually know what the piece is that, that you're doing. Has that ever happened to you where you don't know the person, but you're sitting, you know, on a yeah. bench and somebody and somebody is knitting a piece or crocheting a piece and you recognize the piece? Yes, it has happened to me. I, and in fact, it's happened the opposite way as well. I was walking shopping in Target one day with my mom and we were walking down this aisle and a woman came towards me with a big smile on her face big big smile on her face and we passed and i thought okay she's just a friendly she, person she's having a really good day and then with the next aisle we walked and she's big smile on her face and she's coming towards me and coming towards me and finally she said i just have to ask you is that such and such a pattern and she was right it was that <laughs> pattern and of course she was wearing a hand knit sweater as well and once i focused in on what she was wearing i also recognized the pattern she was wearing so yes it has happened that's fun it's, it's quite fun <laughs> okay well thank you so very much for your time today benjamin I it was great to hang out with you guys yeah i've really enjoyed talking to i you. have too this and was neat i hope to find you at stitches next week you know we can please actually... just please just walk up to any of the staff and say you know where's benjamin you know and oh. uh They'll, they'll let you know whether I'm busy or not. Okay. You will see me floating around. Um, so, you know, just, just walk up and find me. It's, we will. Okay. Yeah, you we seem will. very approachable, so I will overcome <laughs> all shyness. Shyness yeah. aside. Yeah. I was going to say, because I can tell you have a shy problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, we, we, in, in person, real life, yes. We, do you really? Yes, believe it. I always tell, I always tell people that I'm shy too. I consider myself an introvert. Yeah, yeah. I so do I. Do. But it's amazing what you can do behind a microphone. Right. People aren't in front of you. <laughs> okay. Again, thank you so much for your time, for Stitches, for Knitters Magazine, all that you give us in the fiber world. I Absolutely. greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. And we thank you very much for the opportunity to talk to your listeners. You're welcome. Okay. Have a fabulous day, and we'll see you next week. You bet. Bye. Bye. Thank you. You can find us on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a growing Ravelry group, and you can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs. Goodbye and good knits. <laughs>